Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. As you have heard throughout the week here on KSL News Radio, we have been paying particular attention to the impact the coronavirus is having on schools and the reopening of schools across this great state. You know the, uh, the state school board has placed a deadline of August 1st for schools to have uh, their plans uh, prepared so that uh, parents and teachers and students can go about making their own arrangements to somehow return to learning or some approximation of that. And, uh, and each district is different. Uh, the needs and concerns of each parent are different and each student are different. In fact, uh, I'll point out uh, after the news break coming up, we're going to hear uh, from students from around the state. We have heard much from uh, teachers and uh, administrators and school board members and parents. Uh, finally, we're going to have a chance to hear from the kids themselves. There was a, a wonderful event which took place yesterday, uh, and there were students from around the state had an opportunity to, to share their views unfiltered. And we'll bring those to you uh, after the news. Right now, though, I want to focus on uh, Alpine School District. Uh, Alpine School District parents uh, had a homework assignment. And that homework assignment was due yesterday. And many, uh, many good uh, parents got their homework in on time, uh, and yet many uh, have not. What is the homework assignment? Well, the plan to come from the district uh, is uh, threefold. There are three options from which uh, parents need to choose. One is a return to in-person classroom learning uh, to declare whether or not your student uh, will be there in the classroom. Uh, two, option two, is a virtual learning uh, experience where a teacher is involved. And then the third is something akin to homeschooling where uh, online learning packets are provided uh, by the district to parents who want to homeschool. Uh, and in that event, the parent serves as the teacher. Uh, there is not an online teacher available. Uh, joining us now to, to get a sense of uh, what the responses have been like, uh, how many outstanding homework assignments are there still, is Assistant Superintendent in the Alpine School District, Rhonda Bromley. Rhonda, uh, thank you for your time. How are you? You're welcome. I'm great. Thanks. What uh, what do you know right now? What what uh, how are parents responding to 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 the homework assignment you've handed them? Yeah. Yes, actually we're really encouraged by the numbers that we're seeing. We have about 85% of our parents that have declared and um, you know there's a lot of reasons why parents haven't declared as we're reaching out to parents now and all of our schools are doing that. Many parents are, are telling us that they just assumed we would know that they would want the face-to-face. -face. They, mm. they thought they would only have to go in if they wanted the online version. So we're finding that as schools are reaching out, our 
face-to-face, in-person option percentages are increasing. Right now we have about 86% of parents that have chosen that option and then about 14% that have chosen, you know, the online um, options as well. So we're actually really encouraged by those numbers. Our schools are reaching out to parents right now. Some of the parents, for some reason, didn't receive the information or we have, you know, new people that have moved in and, you know, so we're not looking at it like, you know, all those parents didn't do their homework assignments because we're finding <laughs> out that, they, that there's a lot of different reasons why we're not we're not seeing all those numbers. But like I said, we're really encouraged and our, our office staff at all of our schools are reaching out and getting that information. So we're feeling pretty good about where we are right now. Has that uh, good feeling, has that been a process? Tell, tell me how it's been as you uh, and the rest have come together to, to, to find yourself where you are now and to be knocking on the door of school starting here in just a few weeks. Uh, how, how, are you, how are you holding up personally? You know, we're, I think we're all in the same boat. I think the un, unknown is a little bit of a scary thing for everybody, but I think we're in really good shape. Our teachers are doing a fantastic job getting ready. I know students are very excited to get back in school. I think that connection piece that, that they lost last spring is so important to everybody. So I think everyone's excited and anxious, but also a little bit nervous at the same time. So we're doing everything we can to help reassure everyone that we're, you know, we're, we're putting so many precautions in place and doing so many things to make sure everybody feels safe at the school. And that, that includes our employees as well, not just our students. I should have asked you this a moment ago, but uh, in terms of the three options available to parents, you've received about 80, 80 plus percent uh, response thus far. Where are the trends? Are, are most parents opting to send their uh, children back into the classroom? Yeah, right now of those that have declared 86 percent are declaring that they want the face-to-face in person. And we're finding as schools are reaching out to parents that that in-person option percentage is increasing. And so that by far is the preferable option for our parents. But we want to make sure and reassure parents that if they're not comfortable with that, we do have other options. And we'll do everything we can to help their students be successful as well, you know, even if it's not in person, if it's online as well. In the in the second and third options, there's a, there's a subtle difference where virtual learning is available in option two uh, with the participation of an online teacher. In the third option, though, packets yeah. are provided to the the parents to essentially uh, replicate a, ho- a homeschooling environment. H- have you seen much interest there? Um, yeah, a, a little bit more so in the younger grades, more mm. elementary parents. Um, seem to be more confident to be able to help their students at home than secondary than older students do, and um, but in that in that category of the fifteen percent, the majority of them want the combination of both. So it's I that see. hybrid blended model that they're looking at in that fifteen percent. But like I said, of those that just want a hundred percent online, the majority of what we're seeing is in the in the younger grades, in the yes. elementary grades. Well, uh, Ms. Bromley, I admire you. Uh, I do not envy the position in which you find yourself right now, but uh, you will be uh, one of the heroes when we look back on how we weathered this storm and how we were able to provide a good education to our students. It's going to be folks like you providing these options to parents, uh, creating an environment where learning can happen, and I admire you for that. Thank you so much. Rhonda Bromley.
Assistant Thank Superintendent. Okay, we're excited. August 18th. Here we go. August 18th. Uh, outstanding. Very good. Uh, thank you so much. Before we go to break, though, I, I need to uh, bring Nick Wyatt on. We have some breaking news. Uh, Nick, what are you, what's happening? Lee, this is big news out of the state of Massachusetts. A federal appeals court in Boston has overturned the death sentence for convicted Boston bomber Jokar Sernayev today. This, of course, over the 2013 attack which killed three and injured 260 others. The judge's reasoning for overturning this death sentence, possible impartial jurors uh, in the original trial before the trial actually started. So again, a federal appeals court has overturned the death sentence for convicted Boston bomber Joe Karsernayev. Stunning. Uh, Nick, thank you for that. And we'll continue to follow this and as we get a better understanding of uh, how and why exactly this uh, this death sentence has been overturned. Uh, we will certainly bring that to you here. Uh, just a, an astounding development. If you, you remember uh, back in 2013 there in the afternoon there at the finish line of the uh, Boston Marathon, there was an explosion. You heard Nick report it was three who lost their lives uh, and approximately 264 injuries. 264 injuries. And from there, uh, there was a chase and ultimately... Uh, Joe Carson and I have taken into custody while hiding in a backyard uh, in a Boston area neighborhood. And his death sentence now overturned is the breaking news. All right. Uh, we're continue to follow that, certainly. Uh, and in just a moment, we're going to take a, a break, get some news. When we return, I'll be joined by, uh, well, no, that's coming up later on. We're going to be hearing f- next from children. We just heard from an administrator. We have heard from teachers. We have heard uh, from parents. Uh, Now it's time to hear from the students themselves. We'll be hearing their thoughts as they enter the school year again next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.